Elizabeth got a cute little michelada. That was great. Why'd you bring up the michelada? <laughs> I don't drink beer. I thought it was some sort of margarita type drink. <laughs> and was very disappointed. Thus, the michelada was a great foreshadowing of the nightmare before Christmas. <laughs> I suppose, I suppose. Welcome to the Art of Costume Blogcast. I'm Elizabeth Joy Glass. And I'm Spencer Williams. And Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, everybody. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. And this is a special episode because Elizabeth is sitting right in front of me. I know. It's like a miracle. (laughs) We're in the same room recording. It's so weird. We can't even look at each other. I'm used to staring at her on a screen. I know. Now you're just staring into my eyes and it's very awkward. (laughs) Should we tell everyone what day it actually is? Today (laughs) is October 31st. Halloween, everybody. Uh, It's actually Halloween. We are surrounded by pumpkins, witches, pumpkins. Yes. Lots of pumpkins. Uh, Lots of Halloween decor, but I came over to California for a little trippy trip. uh, So we decided to record our holiday special. It was so fun. We had such a wild party. We're still kind of sleeping. Yeah. (laughs) But we recovered lots of coffee in our system. Lots of coffee. (laughs) But we're making it through. And your little vacation trip is not even over. We have so much more to do. I know. We have a lot more to do. Not enough time to do it. In. <laughs> right. I mean, we're definitely going to be late to dinner. But. Yeah, but it is what it is. <laughs> so, Elizabeth, for this special Christmas holiday episode, what are we watching? Well, I thought we should combine, you know, since it's a holiday episode, you know, a little bit of Christmas, but we're recording it at Halloween. So I thought it was only appropriate that we watch Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. It's kind of creepy how fitting it is. (laughs) It it really is. It really is. I when we were like, okay, let's I'm going to be over there for Halloween. And then I was like, oh, we should do a holiday special. And then I was like, we should do the holiday special when we're actually (laughs) together. And it was like Nightmare Before Christmas. How appropriate. (laughs) It's so fun. I love this movie, though. I've been watching this movie for as long as I can remember. And Nightmare Before Christmas, I mean, I guess this is the reason why we are why we are, because of crazy kid movies like this. Probably. Crazy kid <laughs> movies like this, combined with um, Lord of the Rings, makes me and you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, though, because we always talk about how Halloween's my favorite holiday, and I think yours would be Christmas. Mine is definitely Christmas. So this movie is really, like, the best of both of us. It's it's a combination. <laughs> beautifully put together. <laughs> In 90 minutes. Well, I'm going to do the usual summary, as we always do, followed by your wonderful behind-the-wardrobe facts. All right, so here is today's summary. Jack Skellington, the pumpkin king of Halloween Town, has become disillusioned and unhappy with his life until he finds a portal to Christmas Town, a.k.a. the place where Elizabeth would be living. (laughs) Yes. The discovery of this new holiday leads Jack onto a journey of mischief and self-discovery. 
And that is Tim Burton's A Nightmare Before Christmas. That is Tim Burton's A Nightmare Before Christmas. If you haven't seen it, come on, go watch it. It's been years <laughs> or, you know, next Halloween, if you find yourself in Los Angeles, go see the the live performance of it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's Can so we good. tell everyone what we just did? We need to. It was amazing. Oh, uh, you, you go. You found the tickets. <laughs> so apparently pretty much every Halloween or at least multiple Halloweens. Almost um, every Halloween. Almost every Halloween. Danny Elfman puts on a like live concert version of The Nightmare Before Christmas. They play the movie, but have all of the music and singing live with a lot of the original cast members. It was just... It was so cool. They had a giant Jack puppet. Like, you couldn't ask for more. It was so fun. And they had a lot of the original singers there. I mean, of course, Danny Elfman, like, the greatest of all time. Um, Billie Eilish played Sally, which was, oh, that yeah. voice, so haunting. Billie Eilish was amazing. She was, like, almost the best part. Almost. I think... Probably the best part was seeing Ken Page, the original voice for Oogie Boogie, sing the Oogie Boogie song. I mean, that was like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Absolutely. I He definitely was the best performance of, of the night. Oh, it was so good. Oh, and also Paul Rubens was there playing Locke. And I'm a huge, huge Paul Rubens fan. I mean, Pee Wee Herman is my entire childhood. So I was basically <laughs> geeking out, screaming. You really were. <laughs> He really was. <laughs> it was so fun. We had such a good time. Elizabeth got a cute little michelada. That was great. Why'd you bring up the michelada? <laughs> I don't drink beer. I thought it was some sort of margarita type drink and was very disappointed. <laughs> it looked very tasty. It was the best beer I've ever had. I will say that. And thus, the Michelada was a great foreshadowing of the Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> I suppose. I suppose. That was, that's so true, though, because, like, I saw it and I was like, oh, that's going to be really cool. And we got there and, like, right before they started, they played um, Disney's old cartoon, The Skeleton Dance. And oh, I was yeah. like, oh, this is cool. Oh, that was so There's, cool. They're starting it off right. I was trying not to get all teary-eyed. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just living all the fantasies right now. I know, it was so good. And then they start off the actual performance with this gigantic, like, 12-foot Jack Skellington puppet giving, like, a little intro. And I was like, oh, this is really going to be good. <laughs> it blew my mind. Like, Disney Imagineering gets so crazy. I mean, just think of where all these Disney things are going to be 50 years from now. It's just so crazy. It's going to be frightening. Oh, yeah. Anyways, Elizabeth, I miss your behind the wardrobe facts. I would like you to take me there. <laughs> well, we can only go so far behind the wardrobe this week because this is a stop motion picture. They are tiny little adorable puppets uh, that get designed, but no costume designer. The brilliant minds behind these characters, however, are Tim Burton, the creator of The Nightmare Before Christmas and its characters. And it was also brought to us by director Henry Selick. Tim Burton did not direct this picture. No. 
I know it's very confusing, and we had to get ourselves together with Google real quick before this episode. <laughs> it's a common misconception. Um, <laughs> if you're confused by that statement, uh, go watch Netflix, the movies that made us. They have an amazing episode on The Nightmare Before Christmas. We just watched it together. We enjoyed it. There's a lot of fun behind-the-scenes stories. Um, but yeah, also cleared up a lot of things. We all know it's Tim Burton is a part of this, but you have to figure out where. Basically, it was just ripped from his brain. Pretty much. And <laughs> if you are wondering who Henry Selleck is, you're going to know him from... Uh, he is the director of Coraline, mm. James and the Giant Peach. And we also probably have some of his work deep in our brains from our childhood because he did a lot of stop motion commercials, which were popular in the 90s. And he did quite a few stop motion things for MTV. Mm, Coraline. That's one of my favorite movies. You know, I've never seen Coraline. Oh, my God. The commercials really scared me when I was a kid. kid, Elizabeth, stop it. It's Christmas. Because of the buttons on her eyes. I was freaked out. It is creepy. But, like, it's brilliant. Do I, I'm not going to get into it. We're just going to put it on a schedule. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> but let me give you a little history of the creation of The Nightmare Before Christmas. So Tim Burton and Henry Selleck actually met when they were both working as animators at Disney Studios. Both of them kind of struggled to fit in. They really didn't fit well into the Disney model. But they were both trying to bring their unique style to the studio And they both really wanted to work within the Disney studio because they knew their work growing up and really wanted to be part of Disney. But it was while Tim Burton uh, was working for Disney that he wrote a three-page poem inspired by Clement Clark Moore's A Visit from St. Nicholas that he titled The Nightmare Before Christmas. Now, the original poem only features three of the characters we will later see in the movie, which are Jack Skellington, his dog Zero, and Santa Claus. Now, Tim Burton really loved this idea, so he took it to his bosses at Disney. He was really hoping to turn it into either like a little half-hour TV special or a children's book, but Disney was not interested. And Burton soon left, realizing he did not fit with the Disney brand. But instead, he found massive success <laughs> as a director. He just um, did a few movies here and there. Just a few movies here and there. Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure. Mm-mm-mm. Batman. Just just to name a few. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Edward Scissorhands. Edward Scissorhands. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of them, but... Yeah, like, just some little things um, that got him some, like, you know, pretty good success and notoriety. And so after all this, Tim Burton was still wanting to work on, work on and develop A Nightmare Before Christmas, but now he was like, well, let's just make the first feature-length stop-motion film. However, Burton was dismayed to find out that his creation was entirely owned by Disney. Mouse Planet quotes Tim Burton as saying, they owned everything. There's this thing you sign when you work there, which states that any thought you have during your employment are owned by the thought police. You signed your soul away in blood when you work there. They own your firstborn. 
I kind of gently asked, can I have it back? Hey, <laughs> that's not a beautiful quote about Disney. <laughs> uh, there's, uh, Disney has skeletons in their closet, not just Jack Skellington. <laughs> I'm even scared to talk about Disney in case they're listening to this right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm a huge Disney fan. I love right. Disney. I mean, we're wearing Nightmare Before Christmas Santa hats. We're talking about Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> we love Marvel. Come on. Yeah, which they which own they now. own. So, <laughs> Disney, if you're listening, we love you. Let's collab. <laughs> hey, Disney, what's going on? Hi. <laughs> but Tim Burton was like, "Hi, I'm a famous director now. Can I have this back?" And uh, the Disney a Disney chairman at the time, Jeffrey. Katzenberg, who helped um, spur on the Disney animation renaissance, saw this as an opportunity to work with Tim Burton and offered to produce the film as the first feature-length stop motion. Burton agreed, but with the stimulation that he would have complete control over the project. So now that Disney was on board to produce A Nightmare Before Christmas, Tim Burton didn't really have the time to. But Instead, he brought on his old friend, Henry Selleck, to direct and oversee the film. He had been doing stop-motion commercials, MTV spots, and short films. So Selleck really jumped at the opportunity to direct his first feature-length film, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Such a good story. There's so much politics behind the creation of Nightmare Before Christmas at first that I didn't really know about (laughs) till recently. Yeah. I mean, that's like every film that like seems like it's not going to go anywhere, but ends up being huge. It's like it's always a struggle to get it made. Right. There's always some sort of drama. But I'm glad that they fought through it because Nightmare Before Christmas is one of my all time favorites. And I cannot wait to talk with you about all the different characters after this very cheery break. I know. I'm so excited. We'll be right back. So then holidays again, but then Halloween. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So for this week's special episode, you know, there's not really a lot of costume design. It's more character design. So we're just going to go through each of the characters and what they're wearing. I mean, they're still wearing clothes. So they're still wearing clothes, (laughs) Um, especially Jack Skellington. Yeah. I mean, that's the best suit of all time. Best suit of all time. I think he's also the only character with, like, a wardrobe change. Right. (laughs) He has two costumes compared to everyone's one. Yes. But, I mean, nowadays, Jack Skellington's macabre pinstripe suit and just fun, inviting skeleton head is, you know, known around the world. However, Tim Burton designed him a little bit different at first. Initially... Jack was supposed to have a suit that was entirely black. However, Henry Selleck decided to have Jack wear a pinstripe suit instead so that he wouldn't blend into the set. (laughs) I have to say, that was probably a very wise decision. Right. I cannot think of a better decision. (laughs) And I'm like, I feel like Jack wouldn't be as iconic in a black suit. You know what I mean? 
Right. And I'm just like really in love with pinstripe suits now. Like after all of our episodes we've done this season, especially like Gomez Adams, Jack Skellington, I think I need to get a pinstripe suit. You would look good in a pinstripe suit. Thank you. I'm going to order one right now. Go for it. (laughs) But his design is just so iconic. The little, is it like it's a bat, little necktie. It's a bat collar thing, but I'm obsessed with it. It's just like such a recognizable silhouette. Like we all know this um, without like even seeing it, even if it's just black and white. It's just so fun. Like even if you don't see the film, you're like, oh yeah, I know who Jack Skellington is. Right. He's the coolest guy we've ever met. Also, quick little plug for the the brand new Academy Museum in Los Angeles. They actually have a huge set of a bunch of these Jack Skellington heads that you could go and see, which I highly recommend because it's just like so crazy seeing them in person. I know. Even just seeing like pictures online of how many different faces they needed to have to put on Jack to like make all his different expressions it's just so crazy right stop motion is terrifying to me in a sense that i don't think i have enough patience to do a stop motion film no <laughs> i would be frustrated after like two minutes right. <laughs> do you like forget this flip the table over <laughs> i freaking can't man uh, especially you and i we get hangry yeah <laughs> I would have to have like a little snack next to me at all times. <laughs> but then you'd be touching the the stop motion, so you'd be getting your snacky fingers on them. Yeah, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Uh, no stop motion for us. But also, Jack has another costume change, too. He wears his little Santa costume. I know. I love his Santa costume. I love when you see Sally making it. Oh, yeah. Because I'm like, oh, look at her go with her sewing skills. (laughs) She's a great sewer. I also love it more, too, when his costume is all blown up. That is just so cool to me with it all raggedy. And I don't know. It's just something about this movie. Just like every scene you're like, well, just brings you back. It's just so beautifully done. It really is. And one part of it is his eyes like jack's face it's like so full of expression it's so iconic but disney hated the idea that he was not gonna have eyes (laughs) they hated the idea that was just gonna be like empty skeleton holes but tim burton and henry Selick really put their foot down and that was one of those places where it was like tim burton said i have final say you gave me that he doesn't have eyes now. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine Jack Skellington with eyes? That sounds scary to me. Creepy. <laughs> it would be so creepy if Jack Skellington had eyes. Also, since when do skeletons have eyes, Disney? Yeah, Disney. This is some Pirates of the Caribbean. But no offense, Disney. We still love you and like collaborate with us. Yeah. But he wouldn't look good with eyes. No. Uh, another good call was making the mayor have two different faces. (laughs) I forgot how much I love the mayor. Uh, He's so good. I feel like if I were, if I had those two faces, I would always have the scared expression. (laughs) I'm just like, it's like Mr. Potato Head, but not quite. And I love that. It's so good. And I just love the design of his face. You know, we have a lot of Tim Burton's like concept sketches next to us right now. And just seeing how it like it came directly from his mind and onto, you know, the screen as we see it, it's just like everything's really, really close to how 
Tim Byrne imagined it. And just his sketching style is just incredible. It is incredible. And I love how, like, even within the film, you can kind of see, like, with Sally making the Santa costume. And then with the mayor, he has this little, like, spider (laughs) detail in his shirt, which you see at one point actually, like, crawls away from him. And he has to put it back. And (laughs) I'm like... That's just so cool. He has a Black Widow spider on his neck. That's not okay. We don't like spiders. I mean, that's true, but that part of the movie was cool. (laughs) Right. (laughs) No, I think it's a great costume he's wearing. I just personally wouldn't enjoy a spider on my chest. I wouldn't either. I also love how he looks like a little, like, mobile toy (laughs) character. I love his spooky eyes. I'm just really into his eyes. (laughs) You know who else's eyes I'm into? Sally. She did get eyes. Played by the brilliant Catherine O'Hara. Your favorite. My favorite. Oh, I would do anything for Catherine O'Hara. She's, I love Sally. She's so sweet. I love her like patchwork dress. Um, We have like one of the original sketches here and it has notes all over about how like it needs to look like Sally just like use scraps of fabric and, you know, really make the stitching 3D to look like her skin. I was like, just so much thought was put into like just even her dress and how it should move on the on the puppet. Extraordinary. Right. She Sally's the most costumey character of all the characters. And like it's actually a lot of thought really went into the costume. You would think a costume designer actually did it. You would. And I also love seeing like the development of her costume because she starts out like the original designs are very different. It's like black and white striped, like pinupy girl almost. Yeah, she was originally drawn to be like very sexy. Yeah, which is just like, ooh, that's not Sally. Yeah, that's not Sally. But yeah, I love seeing her go from that to like just this very sweet, cool girl just trying to live her own life. I know. She's really being controlled by her father. He's kind of a jerk. Uh, He is kind of a jerk, but (laughs) I think he might be my favorite character design just because it's so, like, weird and specific. (laughs) I'm obsessed with Dr. Finkelstein's mouth. Yeah. I'm like, are you a duck? Like, that's what I'm... I think that's why I like it so much. Because I'm just like, what are you? (laughs) He is like a duck. (laughs) And just like the detail on his mouth is just so funny to me. It always has been ever since I was watching this on VHS. I used to be like, wow, he has a really crazy mouth. He has a crazy mouth. And then I love just his like very traditional like mad scientist. Oh, yeah. I mean, he has the circle glasses, which Mm -hmm. we've said before. Just screams mad scientist. Yeah. Yeah, it's very typical, but it's just so good. But we do have a new costumey character come into town. Dr. Finkelstein's wife shows up after he just created her with half his brain. I know. <laughs> I love. I wish she actually got to be a character in this because she just looks so fancy. I'm getting real Jackie Kennedy vibes from her. <laughs> right. She's, she's giving me like this faux fur collar, this coat. She has the this hat. big old hat, kind of like Cruella DeVille-ish. She's got like her pearl necklace and earrings. <laughs> right. 
Like, she's very fashionable. She, I don't know what part of Dr. Finkelstein's brain had the fashion part, but I guess she got it. Yeah, clearly. Well, I mean, <laughs> Sally's very fashionable, too. Right. So clearly he has a knack for it. Another character that kind of reminds me of a ragdoll, though, Mr. Oogie Boogie himself. Ugh. I mean, he's just the greatest. He's the greatest. Just a sack of insects. <laughs> literal like <laughs> disgusting i'm gonna start creature. using that as an insult you sack of insects he's, that's actually a really good ins- insult <laughs> uh, he's so cool apparently he was i read a couple different places he was one of the hardest ones to create because it's just like he doesn't really have a shape to him right. so how are you supposed to like articulate and move and get it to do what you want right he is a i can imagine he'd be a very difficult character but also i love what you mentioned this not too long ago talking about jack because he also doesn't have eyes and a mouth he has like you know just basically holes in his head yeah and it's just so incredible how you're able to like get these expressions to come across just through like a couple of holes just like jack skellington like so much expression goes about oogie boogie's face as he's singing and dancing and being ripped apart and yeah <laughs> i mean the stop motion animators on this like the best in the biz another thing i love about oogie boogie's costume too is that they almost made him like there's like the potato sack version where he's kind of like brown but then there's also the glow and dark version because his layer is very glow in the darkish and i just always thought that was really cool i'm always obsessed with the color palette that they use for nightmare before christmas it is it is fantastic very specific but it works right another set of characters that maybe shouldn't have had eyes lock stock and barrel they creep me out (laughs) and they're the ones with eyes yeah they used to creep me out too but like i've really grown to love lock stock and barrel also we have to do these costumes next year we do we do we will and we already talked about this and sounds like i'm getting stuck with barrel yes you are (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I'll do it. And Bish and I have taken lock and shock. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but I always love these characters because I love the color palette used. For some reason, they just like really stand out across the town from their like really solid colors, which I know it's for their mask, but they just they work so well. They really do. And I love how they're like the trick-or-treaters of Halloween town. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, they are. These little pesky kids. Um, I think my favorite would have to be... Yeah, Locke looks the best. Right, Locke is definitely my favorite. Not because he's played by Paul Rubens, but also partly. But I, I love his mask, though. That one is my favorite. I know. He has the coolest mask. I, I really like Beryl's mask, too, though. Beryl is my least favorite. I don't know why. I guess me and Beryl... We have beef for some reason. I just, for some reason, never attached the barrel. <laughs> I mean, barrel's kind of the idiot of the trio. <laughs> oh, man. That's why you want me to be him next year. Oh, you're a very intelligent young man, Spencer. Oh, well, thank you. Oh my gosh, so full of compliments. It must be the holiday season today. <laughs> <laughs> just spreading generosity and warmth wherever I go. <laughs> but also, shock, I do love the witch mask too it's so cool yeah i never understood why they wore halloween masks that looked just like their faces i know (laughs) it's halloween town though yeah so i guess it doesn't really matter i think it's just supposed to be like oh they're trick-or-treaters yeah so one character that 
definitely wasn't wearing a mask. Sandy claws. <laughs> like, this is just the most, like, typical representation right, of I, Santa you could have. <laughs> this is the only way I imagine Santa Claus or Sandy Claus. Like, just like the very typical red suit, black belt, puffy sleeves, a very, very big beard full of candy. <laughs> A hat to top it all off. Right. Just like ours. We're wearing Santa hats. Yes. Made by Elizabeth Joy Glass. Ever heard of her? I don't know, Spencer. (laughs) Maybe they have. Maybe they haven't. Uh, But I just, yeah, I love the design for the Santa Claus character. He's just fun. I love that he has like the little tiniest hands. I know. (laughs) They're so cute. They work, though. It just makes me wonder, like, what is the actual shape of his body if his hands are that tiny underneath that robe? I mean, clearly he can just, like, transform into whatever he needs to get down a chimney, so who knows? I imagine, like, maybe underneath the robe, what if it was just, like, a really tiny, like, stick figure and he just had the very big robe on? I'm just saying. That would be funny, but I do, I love Santa Claus because, like, he gets kidnapped by these lunatics and he's just like what let me go right like i need to get back to christmas and he like has to make sure you let everyone know how disappointed he is before he leaves he's like you people need to check yourself sally's the only normal person here of course i'm gonna go save christmas but you all suck yeah and i want you to remember how much you suck peace (laughs) just to all of our lovely citizens of halloween town Oh my gosh, like the amount of different creatures they created for this, insane. I know, that's one of my favorite parts of the entire movie. You know, they have all the songs like Making Christmas and This is Halloween where they're all singing together. And it's supposed to be so creepy, but I just keep thinking how I want to live in Halloween Town. It's just so nice. <laughs> Who are some of your favorite monsters? Oh my gosh, the... The vampires, hands down. (laughs) They're my favorite. (laughs) The vampires are so funny. I love their voices. They're like, they're so proper. (laughs) I love it. My personal favorite is the one who hides under your stairs with the spiders in his hair, snakes as fingers. So weird. (laughs) I just don't understand this guy. He has, again, like the big duck mouth, which is clearly like a Tim Burton staple at this point. I know. (laughs) Also, this character looks strangely like the sandworm from Beetlejuice, if you notice. Ooh. I also love the Harlequin demon thing who had the orange and black tentacles on his head and the strange mouth thing i don't know it's just brilliant character design to me it it really is i also really like the the werewolf (laughs) who clearly never transforms back into human form he just wears his human clothes right and he is wearing a very nice shirt by the way And a good plaid a good plaid (laughs) also i love the the fish woman lady who is making a snow angel at the end with the gills. Oh. She's cool. I feel like me and her would really get along. Probably. Probably. <laughs> I just, I love this movie and everything it stands for. So much fun. And with that, that is Tim Burton's A Nightmare Before Christmas. It just, it makes me feel all the holiday cheer. I know. Oh my gosh. I can't believe we're in the holidays already. 
I feel like making a hot chocolate and like watching Nightmare for Christmas again, honestly. I know. A hot chocolate, little peppermint schnapps in there. Mm, mm-hmm. A You're ready of, to go. A little bit of Bailey's. Um, I would say turn on a soundtrack, but we've been listening to it for a couple days now. So I know. Nonstop. We probably need to stop. Probably. <laughs> you should probably just put on some Christmas music. <laughs> no. I only allow it. For the month of December. So <laughs> it, me- it ends immediately after Christmas yes. for me. I need to start working on my Christmas tree, though. I think I'm going to do a nightmare for a Christmas tree. Ooh, do it. And if I do it good enough, then I'll probably just keep the same decorations until I die. Because I hate buying Christmas decorations for some reason. I mean, that's fair. I enjoy it thoroughly. I just I like using the same ones every year. Take out the box, put them out. Now it's over. Put them back in said box. I'll see you in a year. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much how everybody does it. So you're on the right track. No, because I see some of these people at Target buying every single Christmas ornament like on November 1st. So it's probably too late for me already. I mean, they're probably giving them out as gifts. That's why they buy them all. Oh, don't give me a Christmas ornament as a gift. Except you, maybe if it's art of costume themed. But I hate when people give me ornaments. Really? Yes. They're like, oh, great. Something that you enjoy to put on my tree. <laughs> I'll make you a nice art of costume ornament, Spencer. Especially if it's like a picture. Like, don't you dare give me a picture to put on my tree. Unless I really like you. Those are kind of weird. There's like, (laughs) maybe, I think we have like one picture ornament, but it's like my sister's face cut out and put on this like felt angel (laughs) that she made in like elementary school. Well, your sister is an angel, so. Everybody... Have a wonderful holiday and a happy, happy new year. This is it for us for 2021. We will be back next month. Sometime in January. (laughs) Sometime in January. Date yet to be determined, but we will let you know. Be sure to follow us at theartofcostumeblogcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook. We'll definitely be posting the season two premiere date. Mm-hmm. on one of those channels and i cannot wait we are working on the schedule right now we're going to be back in the studio pretty soon and we're going to have a really really wild season two and we are we are truly grateful for all of you for listening to season one it truly was one of the greatest things i've ever done we've ever done it's just been so much fun it's it's been the best it really made this year so much better than i thought it was going to be <laughs> Thank you all for listening because we thought it would only be our friends. <laughs> and that was so, our friends plus some. <laughs> yeah, our friends plus a couple more. But thank you guys so much for letting us into your ears every week. And I can't wait to talk to you soon. Happy holidays. Bye-bye. Let's go watch a movie, Elizabeth. Yes. I don't know what we'll watch. What will we watch? A Nightmare for Christmas. A Nightmare for Christmas, yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. The Art of Costume Blogcast is hosted by Elizabeth Joy Glass and Spencer Williams. Produced by Elizabeth Joy Glass with associate producer Spencer Williams. Our sound design and engineering is done by Daniel White. Follow us on Instagram at the Art of Costume Pod. Or visit theartofcostumeblogcast.com for all blogcast updates. For more costume reviews, deep dives, and interviews, visit theartofcostume.com. A blog dedicated to highlighting the best in costume design.
Mr. Oogie Boogie himself. Like. Sorry, I was waiting for the plane to go by. <laughs> if you move to LA and we get a studio, we're going to have to like soundproof a room. I know. <laughs> Anyways.